0: Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And this episode is sponsored by Munson Brothers Apothecary in Columbus, Mississippi. Mindfully made in Mississippi. And so the last episode, I kind of gave you a rundown of most of the products that they provide. And it's not just for males. It's not just beard oils and balms. You got candles and body balms, mosquito repellent, soap. And even if you're a clean-shaven guy, they can help you out there, too. And so I wanted to spend a little time specifically talking about products of theirs that I use every day. The beer balms and the oils. And so I wanted to give you the rundown on three of the different products. Um, this This is not all the scents, but these are my three favorite. And to start with my favorite story, Three Kings. This is the scent of frankincense and myrrh. And so you know the story about baby Jesus, three kings brought frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Now, they left the gold out, uh, but they did put frankincense and myrrh in there. And so it, it's just, it's got this reverence about it. And so uh, when you put it on, I mean, it literally goes back, uh, it's like you're literally anointing yourself with the same type of oil back during these biblical times. And so it's thousands of years old. And then you have the wildling which is my it was my stable for a long time it was my favorite and uh, this is a clove blend or the thieves blend and so this is like a 3,000 year old uh, blend and so this goes back to the bubonic plague days and so the thieves were Brought before the council because they were raiding and pillaging the corpses of those who died from bubonic plague, and they were brought before the council, and they was like, "Look, we won't, we won't sentence you if you just tell us how you're not getting the plague." And they said it was in the clove, and it's just it's a real strong scent, and I guarantee that if you get you some wildland, that you won't get bubonic plague, and if you do, my bad. Lastly, the Memphis Luke. That is the top-shelf beard oil or balm from Munson Brothers. It's what I currently use. It's all I use lately. But it's like a sweet tobacco, and uh, it smells great. And uh, I don't know how else to describe that to you. It's like sweet tobacco. It's got a real sweet smell to it. And so with these beard oils and balms, it's almost like an identity thing. Who do I want to be today? Who do I, what do I want to what do I want to smell like? Um, do I want to have this reverence of anointing the frankincense and myrrh, or do I want to go back to the bubonic plague days and smell like clove, or do I just want to smell like a sweet cigar? And so it's just kind of like uh, it's an identity thing, and it's it's fun. And so if you have not tried out Munson and Brothers products, and you're not from Columbus. A lot of places all over the southeast carry them in their local barber shops and also other apothecary shops like that, but you can also go to monstonbrothers.com and you can order there and he'll ship it right to you, man. So give him a shot. Uh, I don't know what you're using right now to treat your beard, but uh, I started using it and I never looked back because uh, with some of the things that came from uh, Walmart or just some of the other products that I tried. It would either leave my skin extremely dry or it would make my beard uh, extremely greasy. And I don't want either of those things. And so these are natural ingredients. And so it hydrates the skin. It makes the beard as soft as a pillow. And it smells great. And so, ladies, if there is a beard in your life, try that out for him. And uh, I think he'll like it. And you'll probably like it more than he does. That will do it. For your sponsor for this episode now to move on so my brain trust the guys behind the scenes that i run all the porch talk ideas uh to to see if it's gonna make it or land flat uh, they've been on to me for months about not Given a little bit more information about myself, it's like the host is almost elusive to them. It's like if I didn't know you, I wouldn't have an idea who you were. So I'll try to rectify that quickly as I can. So I'll start at uh, my senior year, and this flows with this episode because it's how I landed in Mobile and how I got back to North Alabama. So my senior year was coming up. And I hadn't applied for college, didn't take the ACT, and wasn't even considering college. And I graduated, and I got back from my senior trip, and I was packing my bags for Mobile. And why Mobile? I, don't, I couldn't tell you. It, it just had this sense about me that I needed to be down there. I, I couldn't tell you what it was. And so my grandmother caught me as I was throwing my little duffel bag into the truck. And by the way, I don't even think that truck would have made it down to Mobile, but Anyway, uh, she's like, hey, "Come inside." What are you doing? And I was like, I was gonna move down to Mobile, and she's like, "That's ridiculous." Uh, what are you gonna do for money? Uh, where are you gonna live? And I literally had no answers. I just uh, it's something I gotta do. And at the time, I was living with my grandparents, and so that she strongly encouraged me to uh, pursue uh, higher education. And so I didn't want to go to Bevel State because that's Pretty much where a majority of people from South Lamar go. And I had a couple of friends that went to Shelton, so I applied there. And I was just doing it to please her. I didn't really have any, I didn't want to go to college. I was done with school. And so I was just doing some basics, and then maybe I would transfer, then maybe, like, maybe after a semester or two, she'd leave me alone. Uh, and then I walked by the electronics department and I fell in love with that. And what that was, was as a kid taking things apart and putting them back together and just wanting to know how things work electronically. And I saw that and it was cool. So I did that. And so after I graduated from Shelton State with an associate's in industrial electronics, there was a motor shop in Columbus, Mississippi, electric motor sales and service. They had contacted Dr. Dr. Butler, who was over the department at Shelton said, Hey, We need one of your hot shots, and it'd be good if he was kind of local to the Columbus area, and I fit the bill. So I got the job. And I worked in that field for about a year. Now, all along this time during college, I was working at a truck stop. And my mother had started going to church again, and it was at Kennedy Baptist. And the preacher's wife would come in sometimes uh, on Sunday lunch because I worked every Sunday. I worked Saturdays and Sundays there, and some days throughout the week. But anyway, uh, on Sundays, the first time I met her, she, are you Alan Aldrich? Well, that depends. It depends on what what you've heard, and she's like, well, if you are, I've been praying for you. And I had been out of church for years. I grew up in church till my parents divorced, and then we just kind of stopped going. And uh, I didn't exactly have the best reputation. Uh, I wouldn't say. Like, uh, I was constantly doing stupid teenager stuff, and, uh, yeah, so I I didn't have that great of a reputation, so it kind of struck me. I I figured that she had heard something, and maybe I had vandalized something of hers. I, I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, she invited me to church, and about a month later, I went. It was like, it's a Wednesday night, and you know everybody in the class. You went to school with them. It's not a big deal. Just show up. So. Yeah, me. I showed up stoned, and I needed a crowbar to get these people off of me. Um, They were hugging me and uh, shaking my hand, and they uh, they knew who I was, and they were just excited that I was there. And I was touched by that because for a long time I had forgotten what church was about, and I didn't really know how I felt about the church. And that rectified that. So I started going to church, and then they found out I to play guitar, and lo and behold, we put a band together. And while I was working at Electric Motors and going to church at Kennedy, there was a mission trip that come up, and uh, my name got brought up to go, but I didn't have the money to go, so I wasn't going to go. I didn't have a passport. And then the pastor told me that uh, I was going, and I was like, well, dude, you need to take my name off the list because I don't have the money. And he was like, Yeah, hey, the money and you know, an issue, you're going. So I went. And I met some people from Friendship Baptist just outside of Mobile in Grand Bay, where Cam's from, the guest. And I'll be introducing him soon, and we'll get the ball rolling. And this is kind of where I'm going with this. But uh, I come back, and that really stirred something inside of me uh, to where I was already struggling at night to sleep because something in my life was missing. I had a great job. Uh, I was working in the field that I went to school for. Which today is a rarity for a lot of people, and as strange as that is, but uh, so my life was unfulfilled. And when I got back from that mission trip, I was like, there was something about that, and started doing a lot of local ministries. Uh, and during that time, tornadoes were just ripping through Alabama, like uh, you remember April 2011 when it ripped through Tuscaloosa, and so we were doing a lot of disaster relief work. And I, I really fell in love with serving people and uh, just helping people out who were in need. And lo and behold, uh, mine was still stern and it was more and more sleepless nights. And I think at this time I was staying with my mother and she, she told me one night, it was a Wednesday that if I didn't go down to talk to Keith, who was the pastor at the time, that she was going to call him and he would come up to the house. And so, uh, I just went on down there and we talked and, uh, I was like, man, I got something going on with me. I don't know what it is, but I I can't sleep at night. I just, all I can do is lay up and think about this. And we we kind of talked it over, and they didn't really give any answers about anything. And I just, oh, this is what this is. And I kind of laid it out, and I was like, I need to go back to school. Uh, I hate school. And so I applied for University of Mobile. And got accepted and was beginning to think about the process of moving down there, and I was scared to death because uh, I didn't want to go in there alone. And lo and behold, a childhood friend, J.C. Hildreth, who was the first guy I had on the Porch Talk podcast the very first episode, he was going to go to South Alabama, and so we just moved down there together. We got an apartment, and we did our thing. And we went to Friendship Baptist because we already knew some people. He was on the mission trip, too. And so we went to Friendship Baptist because we already knew them. And so on a... Wednesday night Bible study, I met some folks that would, uh, per, you know, permanently change my life forever for the better. Uh, I met uh, Levi Seymour, who was the front man for the front foundation band, and I would l- later join. And we kicked that can around for years, and then me and Levi done uh, the general specific a little bit after that, and I also met my ex wife Henny, and so she was going to University of Mobile too. We were both in the choir. We had some of the same classes, some of the same interests. Eventually, down the road, we would date. And fast forward, we were engaged, and I needed to put more bread on the table, and I was like a semester away from graduating. So I worked it out with the professors to where I could just do everything online. And I got a job at Ingalls Shipyard. We were married, and man, like it was cool. Everything was cool. And uh, later, landed a equal-paying job at Heritage Auto, which was a lot better than the shipyard when it's hot and it was things were really shaping up i really liked where life was going and then uh things kind of fell apart and that's okay uh life happens and so i had a divorce coming up and lo and behold someone who i had met through uh friendship baptist play play guitar and the dude could stink and sing like nobody's business His name was cam lewis and we would go on to play the Watermelon Fest, and he was kind enough to let me sit in one night. Their bassist was out, so I played bass with him in his band. Uh, and so, but Cam was always a good friend. And if I needed to sit on the porch or if I just needed to hang out, uh, he was there. And uh, me and him are a lot alike. We both love music, and uh, we just had a lot in common. We really hit it off. And so when I, when I think about Mobile. I always think about, like, Levi and Cam or Coley and uh, Michael or Johnny or just just name a long list. And so I've spent most of my adult life down there. And then um, it was two years ago I moved back up here. My family was real sick. My grandmother was uh, uh, on her last leg, and so I wanted to be back here with family. And my dad was getting over a stroke, and so I wanted to help. So I came back. And so there is the quick spill of who I is, who I who I am. So there you go. Now, to start the show off, there is nothing that describes Mobile better than a song by Ralph Snow off of the Mulligan Brothers. Uh, it's called Sensible Shoes. So here you go.
1: it don't like to hang out here too long Just rolls into town and clocks in and sleeps Till all the leaves are gone And the sunlight's strategizing Trying to skimp right over town The humidity's the only thing to gladly stick around All the rest of us, we're stuck here for reasons we cannot explain. Everybody here's a stranger, we just know each other's names. And all our sunrise reverends are sunset sinners too. We'll be better by our criminals than we will be by you. Crossing this city, this city will cross you. Draw a line through your name. I've got a line through mine. Just call on Dolphin Street. There's a short parade that scatters from the bars. A bunch of pretty girls with blistered feet. They dig for their keys and try to find their cars in those high heel shoes that they should've known better than to ever wear. Compact mirror makeup check And they exercise that stare They're gonna use to turn somebody's head Paint another color on their blues Me, I'm keeping my eyes peeled For one insensible sensible shoes How I hope you find me I hope you do it soon It don't feel like you're trying But darling Crossing this city, this city will cross you. Draw a line through your name. I've got a line through mine. It's beautiful the way it mystifies its badges. Like if Norman Rockwell painted a methamphetamine lab and all our continents are busted. They're off doing their own things. Rather make their living someplace else by any other means. And they say, everyone who's crowned on top this city soapbox has. From it to the death son. Of This I am sure I'm no exception I'm no exception see you.
0: get to the heart of the matter this is another episode of porch talk guys and today i'm burning the phone lines down to catch up with an old friend he's a musician he's a family man he's an outdoorsman and i am excited about having cam lewis on today so cam how you doing brother
2: Man, yeah, i'm great Like I said
0: earlier, before we started this thing, man, it's too long. eh? We don't get to see each other that much anymore. I'm telling you, like, uh, I have been, since I left Mobile, I have been planning a trip to Mobile, and it's just like every time I think it's going to work out, (laughs) something comes up, and I just get, I'm just here. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's life, and that's
2: adulting, and uh, (laughs) it kind of sucks sometimes yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and it's just trying to keep up with everybody man I'm, I'm glad to have you on, man I've, I'm excited to hear about you know what you've been up to and what's been good and uh, it's always been good to see uh, see what you've been up to with the family you know as you as you posting on your social medias and all that so that's one way that uh, Facebook is is good for is seeing what everybody's up to at least yeah that's
2: true that you know I'm I'm one of those people if you uh if you ask me how I feel about social media you Probably gonna come away thinking this guy absolutely hates social media, but at the same time, I understand it's actually a good way to talk to, you know, or keep in touch with people and see how they're doing. But uh, usually, people don't use it for that anymore. It's more just to spread propaganda, or yeah, you know what I mean, get their view, thinking they're actually gonna change somebody's opinion on whether or not they think this or that about something through social media. If they're just using it as a as a platform, as a platform to, to share a little bit of good news every once in a while. most of the time, you know, when you get off of it, you're super depressed because you're like wow the world's ending and people suck and what is this you know what's the point of it but you
0: know, like i said if you ask me about social media it comes out doom and gloom sometimes but not always <laughs> absolutely so man let's uh let's just let's let's catch this thing up and so what's what's been good lately have you been doing anything with music or just uh what have you been up to in your free time lately man
2: well you know dude that for a little while man you know, I was staying super busy, just meeting a bunch of people. Got to open up for some pretty cool people down here in Mobile, which you know we lived in the same town for a little while. Grand Bay is about, what do you think, dude, 30 miles outside of Mobile, you know, south of Mobile, something like that. So Grand yeah. Bay is like, you know, kind of like Mayberry in a way. And then when you go into the big city, you know, whatever, a Mobile, it's like you get up there in the music scene, I don't know, man, the music scene in Mobile is it's great there's so much talent down here it really blows my mind and I'm sure everybody can say that about every city but man it's like every little dive bar you go into or you know every little cool hamburger joint you go into downtown there's a there's a guy or a gal sitting there you know playing the guitar and singing and you're like holy crap you know these these people are pretty good but man I I played for a while and I'm going to be honest with you I mean you know how big of a football fan I am <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's hard for me to sit there and go play a gig sometimes when I know Alabama's got a big game on or something like that. You
0: know? Absolutely.
2: And uh, know so uh, man, I, I took off. You know, you know me though, dude. You know, I've I've always had a problem with not taking it maybe as serious as I should. But I try to keep music in perspective, man. It's for me and my family. It's my whole life. It's always been more of a, a way to escape reality. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The, you know, I want to stay the nine to five guy, but I've never had a job. That I got to go in at nine o'clock in the morning, so it's more like the, the six to six grind, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. music is just something that I've always used to. Just as my therapy, man, you know. So I don't, I, I play gigs, Alan, when I feel like it. But then there's times, man, where if the tide's right and the moon phase is right, I'm I'm gonna try to go fishing or hunting, you know. So I don't, I don't try to, I don't try to take it too serious. And you and you know that, dude, and whoever listens or whatever, I guess they learned a little bit about me when it comes to where. Music is not my priority. You know, I play my guitar and I, I sing for my wife and kids every night. Or I will sit down and we'll we'll sing a. We might be singing a an old hymnal one minute, or obviously we might be singing every Jason Israel song I know for one minute. Or <laughs> you know, I just try to use mu- music as a as an escape from reality sometimes, dude.
0: I got you, man. Yeah, and that's that's the way I um that's the way I took it from you when uh, we started playing together. We met. Uh, I believe the first time we had played together was at that watermelon festival that we did there in Grand Bay, and the first time I had heard you sing <laughs> was at uh, was at Friendship Baptist. We were we were doing something there at the church, and uh, I was just blown away. But I've always I've always respected your thoughts on your music and playing because you always had. Uh, I, I think it's something that some people kind of lose. Uh, they kind of lose sight of, and I, I don't know if. And maybe you got guilty of it as you got going, but it looked like you you always had a pretty good priority on like where your family was going to be, and if family uh, family was going to come first. That was the impression I always got from it.
2: Well, I mean, you know, like I said, and, and you can tie it back into anything, man. But I mean, you can tie everything back to uh, the kind of like the social media life. You know, all you usually get if, if you scroll through Instagram is you get a snapshot of. Um, the happiest moments of people's lives sometimes, which is great, but, you know, unfortunately, life isn't isn't always that way, and, um, you know, and you get on there, and you might see a guy, or somebody playing guitar, and playing this show, and life looks great, and life looks fine, but, you know, that's, that's just a small glimpse of what actually it takes to, to be a musician, you know, yeah. time on the road, constant writing, and you're constantly, you're constantly dealing with the pressure of staying relevant, you know what I mean? I mean, there's, because, Every day, somebody's trying to to be, you know, trying to be successful in the music industry, and it's just like, man, we were, you know, when I put that little band together, and I don't even know, dude, we were playing originals mixed with, you know, '90s country mixed with some band the Heathens and Marshall Tucker, and you know, it was fun for a little while, dude, but you know, to you know, you work all day, and then you you go set up a sound system for for two and a half hours because obviously you want sound to be right, and then. You play for four hours, then you got to break it down and bring it home, and, you know. And I, and I got a family, man. And I still got things to do the next day. You know what I mean? It's not like I can just lay around and do nothing. And it was just, it was something that I was really kind of wondering if I wanted to do in the beginning, and it kind of solidified my stance on it and once I did it. You know, and once I realized how much work was actually put into it, and when you have a family, man, it just. You know, for me personally, I'm not saying anybody that has a family and plays in a band is a bad person or anything like that. But for me personally, it was just something that I wasn't willing to to try to take time away from my life and kids. Just because, like, I enjoy spending time with them as much, if not more, than I do playing music. You know what I mean? So yeah. It was, it was fun while it lasted as far as the band thing. But, you know, I would much rather now just sit down somewhere and play my guitar and sing for three hours. By myself, pack up my little passport system. You know, eat me a meal from wherever I'm playing, and uh, and head on
0: home. You know what I mean? I got you, man. Yeah. So, uh, what about uh, what about Garrett? You and him still play around a little bit?
2: Oh yeah, man. Me and Garrett actually most of the time when I play a gig, it, it's me and Garrett. We actually got one coming up Saturday night, and uh, over on the Eastern Shore at a cool little joint, man. It's it's one of my favorite places to play a it's, it's, uh, used to be an antique store back in the day and now they turn it into a little restaurant bar but they still have all the antiques in there and it's like the ultimate music venue dude. They, they set it up for, for people who come in there and you know it's, it's family friendly it's uh but you know at like around 10 o'clock at night they, they stop serving food and it turns into more of a little cool little bar and dude and people are laid back and they just want to hear music so I'll be playing there Saturday night which usually I play there in uh, the world famous Cowland. You know, in downtown Mobile, as yeah. much as I possibly can, and then you know something else comes up at
0: other places. You know, I play on Dolphin
2: Island at this cool little joint called Doherty's, and it's uh it's a music venue from heaven, man. It's it's a, such a cool place to play. And uh,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, you, and Garrett, you. We play music all the time, dude, all the time. Yeah, you put me on uh, um I think it was the Red Clay Strays. It was the first time I went out to go catch yeah. them, and I would have never went if uh, you hadn't have told me about them. You was like. If you're not doing anything today, you need to get out to the Riddies and uh, Red Clay Strays are playing. I'll, I'll tell you something about that gig. I was so impressed with the front man.
2: No, dude, I, I will, I will go on the record and say this, and I, and I promise you, obviously, I don't know how you will uh, validate what I'm about to say, but I promise you, I've been saying it for a long time, and I've told, I've told them to their face from the first time I seen them play over in Orange Beach. You know, gosh, dude, it's probably been two and a half, three years ago. I really don't, I don't even know, but I played a gig, and um, I traded out getting paid for some Sturgill Simpson tickets, true story, and um, I played a gig for like two and a half hours, and and Sturgill Simpson was playing the wharf in Orange Beach, you know, and um, my gig was actually at a little bar right there on the strip in Orange Beach, so I played, drove over to that show and watched Sturgill Simpson, which is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, and uh, yeah. I went out, and I met Drew Nix, which is, he writes most of their songs and play and sings harmony and plays guitar for them. And uh, I met Drew, and me and Drew have been, you know, we've been close friends ever since. Well, Drew was like, hey man, you know, kicking off at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, tonight, like, we're playing this little bar down the road. And uh, me and my buddy Aaron went and sat down and listened to them. and dude, from the first song, I was like, these guys will be professional musicians. Whether or not you ever hear a song on the radio, you know, which I don't know if you will, because they're more of a. I'm trying to think. I hate to put people in genres, dude, because I, I hate to really to do that. But they're more of a. I'm kind of you would hear more listening to Starzel Simpson or a Whitey Morgan or a Cody Jinks, you know, or somebody like that. But man, they're. I'm telling you right now, I will say it for the world to hear it. They will be. You know, they will be a traveling. Which they they tour all over the place now. But so it's easy for me to, to make that prediction. But. They will, they will continue singing, playing, and making music for a long time and doing it for a living. They're, they're called the Red Clay Strays, which we've said it a couple times. Man, I'm telling you, you look them up online and check out their tour schedule and if they're anywhere near you, you will not regret going to watch a bunch of young guys jam out the Johnny Cash mixed with the Allman Brothers mixed with – I mean, they're, they're just – they're incredible. They really are. They're, they're the best, in my opinion – as far as a full band goes, they put on their best show. Their their drummer after the first song, he don't even sit down and play the drums for the rest of the night. He's just standing up back there
0: and just breaking sticks. Man, I, they, I don't know. They they're second to none, dude. They're incredible. Yeah, and, and the front man, um, like he is, he is just perfect. Like you said, for uh, all the influences that you would put behind him, he plays it so well. Yeah, he's he's, oh, yeah, he's big, got he's big, got the perfect voice for all, it.
2: You know, big old ball guy. Yeah, big tall guy, good looking guy. You know, he's got the, the Elvis Presley hairstyle. He's yeah, moves around on the stage a little bit like Elvis, which he gets compared to. But seems a little bit more like
0: Waylon Jennings, but has the range of. You know, I don't know how to compare him, man. He, yeah, he's I all over he really
2: when, when they hit off on that first note, that, you know, they're good, dude. I, I can't say it enough. They're they're freaking good, man. I, I would listen to them. I've opened up for them. I played double shows with them where we played a set. You know, me, Garrett and, and a drummer have played a set, they played a set, we've played a set. Um, I've opened up for them for some more intimate venues, you know, an all original set one night and their original stuff's freaking great, man. I I'm telling you, they're they're good, dude. I mean yeah. that's, that's all I can say is is they're
0: good. Yeah, and just just back to that mobile music scene and I do want to plug Farrell Gibbs Unhand the Monster. That is a great podcast and like all Farrell does yeah. or I think he's doing more of a troubadour thing now. But um, the first season of his podcast, if you're unfamiliar with that, was he was just capturing some of the uh, the big deals, you know, around Mobile. It was a Mobile podcast, so you had Mobile Artists. And um, he was talking about the music scene, and like he was talking about, you know, the downtown scene versus the Spring Hill, and you know, all the different dynamics. West Mobile, because Mobile is such a diverse place with... Well, there's money on this side of town, and um, the downtown scene—that's that's that's your art people. You have West Mobile, who are your, you know, like you said, nine to five workers who are just trying to make it, and you've got so many dynamics going on. And in the midst of this, man, Mobile has just got, like you said earlier, it's just a powerhouse right now of just great musicians. No, dude,
2: that's that's funny how you how you say that because you know, like I mentioned earlier, and about, you know, about how Mobile, when I was growing up, man, downtown Mobile was kind of like, it was like this taboo type thing, you know, I, I live 30 miles from it, which isn't far, you know, you can hop on, you know, take I-10 always, you know, straight into downtown Mobile, no problem, yeah. but, you know, I we, we would never go there as a kid, because, I mean, nothing against it, man, but, you know, we, we're we from Grand Bay, dude, you know, I, I grew up at the end of a dirt road, you know, we, we raced horses, you know, we had a yard full of chickens, and... You know, I thought I was cool when I was 16 when I mounted rod orders to the toolbox in my truck because if I was driving to school or on the way home from school and seen a creek or seen a pond I wanted to fish, I was stopping fishing. I mean, we just lived a, you know, a totally different lifestyle, and I, I'm so glad I did. I, I raised my kids the same way, but when you, but just like you said, man, you drive into in Spring Hill or something like that, it's just like a, it's a different class of people. Not bad, not good, not better, not worse, you know, just. It's a different class of people. And then you, and you drive into Midtown, you know, you get certain parts of Midtown, it's more like a like a hipster scene type thing. You it know is. what I mean? And, but it's, like you said, it's, it's South Alabama. Everybody down here is it's pretty country whether or not they want to admit it or not. But it, obviously, you know, Grand Bay, it, you drive around here for a little while. I mean, I, currently as we speak, I'm drinking a cup of coffee sitting in my shop and um, just looking out over about a 300-acre cattle field. But, yeah. you know, that that's the way that's the way I want to live my life. That's the way I want my kids to live their life. But it's weird how you said that and I thought he does a good job of capturing that in that podcast. It's just it's so diverse, man, but then when you drive in a mobile you got you got one band over there playing and it's a twelve piece like brass band. You know, and then you might you might go to the next bar and it's people, you know, doing like eighties, you know, hair metal type of stuff. And then you go in the next bar and it's a guy wearing, you know, cowboy boots and a palon shirt you know, singing old Mo Haggard songs. But Mobile is super diverse, man. It's, it's full of talent, dude. I, I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Mobile is full of talent, and I am not speaking about myself. I'm speaking about the people that I support, the people that I listen to. You know, my, you know Garrett. I mean, I tell Garrett all the time, and he'll probably listen to this, but the dude, in my opinion, is the most talented songwriter, singer, and guitar player. You know, he's a total package, and it's, it, it's going to... Whenever the right person hears Garrett, I mean, it's going to, life's going to change for that dude. And he's right here, lives right here two miles from me, you know I mean? Dude comes over and sits in my living room and sings songs he writes, and I'm like, man, I'm, you, you literally just changed my life with that song. And, you know, here he is from, from right here, living right here in Grand Bay, Alabama, going to work every morning, you know, driving a backhoe or a dump truck, and then going to play till two or three in the morning every night, waking up doing the same thing just to try to make it music, you know? But Mobile's full of talent, dude. Yeah. It's so full
0: of sound, it blows my mind. I'm telling you, man, cause uh when Ross Newell he was coming up to uh Columbus to play the Sunstroke House and I was unfamiliar with the Mulligan brothers and Jamie she passed some music on to me to kind of get me familiar with Ross. And then I you know looked up where he was from, you know, mobile and I was like, get out of here. And then like we were talking a little bit before we got started. You listen to a song like Sensible Shoes, and I was like, if that ain't Mobile, I don't know what is.
2: Oh, it's insane how he just described it so perfect. I mean, it's dude, it's absolutely insane. And, dude, the Mulligan Brothers, funny story about the Mulligan Brothers, but the girl that played fiddle for them, Melody, I went to school with her when I was in fifth grade. And I'm telling you right now, when she was in fifth grade, this is no lie, she could play the keyboard and the fiddle and sing like like people that do it for a living, dude. I mean, it, it was insane, you know? And then I, I lost touch with her for so long, and then all of a sudden, I look up, and I'm going to a Mulligan brother's at Doherty's on Dolphin Island one day, and, um, you know, I get up there, and I'm like, holy crap, you know, that's Melody playing the fiddle for him. and, you know, me and my wife, Garrett, and his wife sit there and watch the dude, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, and, and, you know, people listen to music differently, dude. Some people listen to music when they want to go out and drink, party, and have fun, Music has never really been that for me. I have nothing against it. But music, like I said earlier, is something that I just like absolutely adore. So the words to the song or how the, the melody is or how, you know, when I hear a fiddle in a song, man, it just, it captured me or a banjo. And they sat there and and just like every word to every song. And then they ended up covering covering some of the Lumineers, which I love the Lumineers. yeah. And I was like, man, this dude is just, this dude is, he's amazing, man. I don't know, how Yari can sit there, especially he's got a song, man, called Crystal Suitcase.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite song. I hear song. the words
2: it every time, I'm like, you know, how do you come up with that stuff? I really can't figure it out. I just don't understand it, but he does a great job of capturing it, dude. He's he's
0: amazing. Yeah, when I got there, I got there maybe a couple hours before uh, his show started that night. And uh, we were uh, getting a sound check on him, getting the room set up. And then we just stepped outside, and it was hot, man. It had to be, like, the hottest day of this year. (laughs) And we were sitting out on the porch and uh, just getting kind of familiar with each other and just talking. And I don't know, man. Ross is a special guy. Like, uh, he's he's probably one of the, the kindest and, like, most humble humans I've come across.
2: Yeah.
0: I was telling him, you wrote thrift store suitcase and i was like when i heard that song i was like that's probably my favorite song that y'all do and then later that night he done requests at the end and he was like before i even opened it up for requests i'm gonna play thrift store suitcase me and alan were talking earlier and i was like man this this appreciate that man appreciate yeah,
2: that Dude, I, i've seen a um i've seen a video of him I, dude, it's probably on YouTube because, you know, I like to, a lot of times, you know, while I'm at work or whatever, catching up on paperwork, I'll just get on YouTube and I'll just type in like live, you know, live set of a band playing. I like to hear music live or acoustic. And I'll just minimize the screen and sit there and, you know, catch up and listen to it. And he was, he was playing like a real intimate venue. It was like just him and his guitar. And it was probably, you know, it was probably a ticketed show where show. They sold like 50, you know, 50 tickets or whatever. And everybody's sitting there and he uh he find, he found a way to incorporate the crowd by them singing harmonies while he would do the chorus. You know it was, and I was just like, you know, first of all, I don't have that good of a of a stage presence. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah. not that good of a musician to let somebody to teach a crowd how to sing harmonies because I can't even sing harmonies myself. But he's like, you know, he told him, "Hey, do this. When you hear me say this word, when it's coming up to the chorus, y'all start doing this." And, dude, they started doing it. He would sing the chorus. Sounded freaking amazing. And I was like, you know, man, that, it's just some people are like that. And like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there that will probably never hear Ross Newell, never hear of him, you know, and, and that's, that is what it is. But in my opinion, and I'm not just saying that, man, you know how much of like a Jason Isbell fan I am. Yeah. But in my personal opinion, I put some of his stuff up there with some of the songs that when Jason Isbell sings them. I equally like Ross Noble stuff as much as I like Jason Isle stuff. I know that sounds crazy. I'm not trying to compare the dude to Jason Isabel, but I'm just telling you that's just how I feel about Ross Noble. I just think I think his songwriting mixed with his voice and his style of playing the guitar is is
0: one is some of my favorites by far. Yeah, man, and I I don't wanna I don't wanna cast this on him, but um he has with the murder ballads and some of those songs that he's wrote it's like um, uh-huh. I think it's called Alabama ghost music. That's the kind of genre it is, and he he kind of yeah. he follow he falls into that a little bit with songs like uh, Cecilia or I Know That Man, to where yeah, you know
2: yeah, is amazing, yep.
0: And like yeah. I, I like that genre too. If if you want to talk about, I guess it's a some sub, subgenre of like uh, Americana. It, it would be like uh, if you wanted to talk blues with the, you know Mississippi. I would say if you wanted to talk Alabama you got Alabama ghost music. And it's, right.
2: it comes. Yeah, you're exactly right. We didn't even, yeah, we didn't even mention, you know, you just mentioned Cecilia, but I mean, you know, that's, that, I'm sure that's happened. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's happening. Obviously, if you, if you've heard the story of, uh, Cry Baby Bridge in Fairland, you know, that's, it's kind of the, it's the, it's the same thing. And he might've mimicked that song after that story, but, you know, it's just funny you talk about Alabama ghost music. There's a band that my wife follows and, she followed that when she was really young. She still wears her t-shirts and stuff. But uh, they're called the Pine Hill Hank. And if I'm not mistaken, they're from Alabama. But they call their music Alabama Ghost Music. You know, it's, it's pretty funny that you mention that. But, dude, I'll tell you another guy. And I, without, I couldn't talk about music, especially the Mobile scene, without talking about this guy. Not just because of his music, just because the type of friend he's been to me for some time now. But Abe Partridge, and I'm sure you, if you've listened to Farrell Gibbs and Unhearing the Monster, he's he's. He's done Abe. I think he's said Abe on his podcast several times.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. He wrote
2: about Abe and talked about Abe. But if you want to talk about Alabama ghost music or just, if you want to listen to something different, just look up the name Abe Parks and I promise you, you will get different, you know. And and I tell Abe, all, I've told Abe this and I tell all my friends, even if I couldn't stand Abe's music, which I do like Abe's music, but even if I couldn't stand it, I would support him just because the type of guy he is. You know that I mean I like supporting local musicians and um, you know Abe has been Abe has treated me better than a lot of people have treated me. It's not only my whole life and I fully I fully back that dude and his and his music and the style and just how he's just unashamed just to go out there and do this do this stuff, man, or sing about some of this stuff and how he presents it. And Garrett actually is playing guitar for him. Garrett went on a tour with him for a little while and man, Abe's I think toured Amsterdam now and I think he might be going, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he might be going to the Netherlands or, I don't know, but he's about to go on another tour and play some festivals in Kentucky. Man, I'm telling you, I I don't know if you've listened to Abe or not, but Abe is one cool cat, man, and he is somebody to get behind because he is just, he's a freaking good dude, man, a real good dude. And he's, he's another guy Mobile and here he is going to, going to Europe and playing, traveling to Kentucky. You know, he's, Playing Soul Kitchen and Mobile, he's playing. You know, any I mean, venues are calling this dude like crazy, and I mean, that's what he does for a living now. He's an artist. He, he's a painter, and he's a musician. You know, and he's he's got it going on, man. Abe Abe is is, is squared away. The dude is top notch for sure.
0: Yeah, I, it was uh, it was Farrell that introduced me to um, Abe through his podcast. You know, like with Farrell's Unhand the Monster, he does these. Uh, I love it. The introduction. Um, I think he reads it while they're sitting right there in front of him. But uh he, you know he'll write yeah, he up does, that's right. yeah. he'll write up a bio and uh when I was listening to uh him, you know, give us a picture of who Abe Partridge is, I was like, Oh, I can't wait for this podcast to start. He he is such an impressive yeah, he, human.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what I said, man. <laughs> a lot a lot of times people are just looking for something different which is understandable because you get tired of hearing the same old thing but and and if you're looking for something different you know look up A Partridge I mean that's all I can tell you it's like a Delta Blues mixed with a I don't know man I don't know I don't want to put him like I said I don't like to put people just peg them down to a genre because a lot of times a genre will turn somebody off before they actually can listen to that music Yeah. but Ava just Ava is A man that, that you can't really compare him to nobody you know I don't know how I compare A to anybody other than A Partridge is compare, comparable to A Partridge, you know. Yeah so man. Check him out. If anybody's listening to this
0: show, please check the dude out. He's worth listening to. Yes, sir. Well man, let's uh let's change gears for a minute. You've uh you brought up the moon cycles and uh I remember I spent a lot of nights and uh I would wait till about eleven o'clock or moon or midnight when the tide would be right to go down to um cedar point and to go catch some white trout
2: yeah
0: so uh let's 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 talk fishing for a bit if you want to
2: no you you know i'm down for that um (laughs) and when i was a kid we didn't really have a boat that was uh i don't want to say good enough but basically that's what it was we didn't have any type of boat where you could take out to the island and 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 really fish other than fishing in the back bay and stuff like that, because we didn't have too big of a boat, man. We always fished out a little 14 foot limb boat. But to see the point pier when I was a kid it was like, it was heaven, man. We would, we would load everything up and go out there at night. And you know, man, we didn't care if we caught, if we caught hardheads, which is just a trash fish, man. We didn't care what we caught. You just want to go out there and go fishing. And dude, I, I who was I talking to the other day? It was a, it was a buddy of mine. He, um, He's actually a professional kayak fisherman now, and he runs a podcast down here. But we were talking about just the God-given natural resources that we have down here in South Alabama between the saltwater and the freshwater. It's just it's second to none, dude. I mean, you know, as as we speak right now, the Alabama Beach Deep Fishing Radio is going on, which is the biggest fishing radio in the world. You know, not just in the country, but in the world, it is the biggest fishing radio. Yeah. And I mean, man, you could go out. I mean, five minutes from, from where I'm sitting right here in my driveway, I could take my boat and launch it and go catch speckled trout, redfish, triple tail, I mean, white trout, you know, whatever. Or I can go another five minutes north and go catch brim, bass, freshwater catfish, crappie. I mean, it, it's second to none, man. I, I absolutely I absolutely love it. I mean, you know, and, and in deer season, you know, God, I cannot wait for deer season, because that also means football season's here, but, man, I mean, I'm just, the the, the fishing around here has been has been incredible. I, me and my little boy went up uh, with a good friend of mine the other night, and uh went flounder gigging, and, and, dude, we stuck, he stuck most of them, but we stuck 12 nice flounders. He stuck one probably around five pounds. Yeah. And, man, I come home, and I clean that sucker up, and I left that five-pounder, I don't know if anybody knows a whole lot about, you know, leaving them on the halves or anything like that, but. Man, I left that five pounder on the house, and I fried the rest of them with some hush
0: puppies the other day. That's living, Alan. That's living, dude. It don't get no better than that. I, I'm telling you, and uh, that was um, especially the last six months. Probably I was down in Mobile. I uh, I wish I had taken more advantage of it because uh, Kennedy, where I'm at, where I'm from, where I grew up, it's extra- it's smaller than Grand Bay, and so all we had was uh, dirt roads four wheelers and fishing poses. And um, you know, as yeah. as teenagers, I mean we were you know, we were constantly getting caught trying to sneak into these puns and, you know, fishing and we were bass fishing and it was it was a group of about five of us guys, man. I can't tell you how many summer and summer nights we were going out catfishing and putting the jugs out at night or, you know, we were gonna wake up at four o'clock in the morning just to be ready to go bass fishing that morning, man. And like when I got down the yeah. mobile you had this, like you said, especially being in, like, Grand Bay, Bayou La Batry, is we can we can drive five minutes and go catch a bass, or we can drive five minutes and go getting some great saltwater fishing. Oh,
2: absolutely, dude. I mean, it, the fisheries around here, you know, you got places which I go all the time and, and do a lot of duck hunting, do a lot of fishing down in South Louisiana, which, I mean, you know, that's, that's world class. People pay big money to go down there and do that stuff, but, you know, we were the same way, dude. We didn't, you know, when when I was a kid, uh, I remember, and I say kid because it seems so long ago, but I remember when I was 16, man, my dad traded a Honda Shadow motorcycle for a 1984 Toyota four-wheel drive truck for me, and uh, man, it, he put some rims and tires on it for me. You know, we put a little lift kit on it, and, and he put me a toolbox on the back, and I went to Walmart and bought some rod holders, and the mounted them rod holders to so my toolbox. You know, we'd ride around with fishing poles in the back of the truck, dude, and, we just anywhere we could fish, anywhere we could hunt. Me and my buddies, which are still the same guys that I hang out with to this day, we would fish and hunt wherever we were allowed or we're not allowed to fish and hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. The fisheries down here are crazy, dude. I mean, it's just it's it's un, it's just unreal. I absolutely love it. you Now we're fortunate enough to where I live now. We have a we have a big lake through the cow field right here behind us, and we take the kids down there and we go fishing, man. And, you know, somebody told me, either somebody told me, dude, or I might have seen it, you know, on, on social media or whatever. But it said that a kid usually doesn't remember their best day playing video games, but they always remember one of their best days fishing. You know, and just, it's stuff like that, man, that I, that I live for. I mean, when I say I absolutely live for it, it's the free stuff that 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 God has given us the right. You know, we, we have a right to all this public land, you know. you own public land, I own public land, Yeah, you know, and it's right here at our fingertips down here, dude, and I, you know, having kids, obviously, I can't go as much as I used to go, but, you know, I still try to to take time, even if it's, you know, you don't always have to have to go out in a boat and go fishing all the time, like you said, Cedar Point Pier, you know, kids are just as, have just as much fun fishing off a dock as they do out in a boat, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, man, you know, and. We try to take advantage of that kind of stuff as often as possible. Like I said, the fishing down here is—you know—there there was somebody I think yesterday, a guy that I grew up with, um, at the Alabama the DC radio. I think weighed in a seven-pound speckled trout. I mean, that's—he's—he's he's winning the radio right now. I mean, a seven-pound speckled trout, dude, is like—I mean, that's a—that's a, that's a freaking—that's a pig. And um, you know, we're probably going to ride down there here in a little while and check out the weigh-in because somebody weighed in a swordfish yesterday, and we're going to take the kids down there and let them check it out. And as a matter of fact. The Red Clay Strays are playing the Deep Sea Radio at like seven o'clock tonight. So we'll go down there and check out some fish and listen to the Strays play for
0: a little while. There you go, and it's a perfect night. I
2: know. Before we before we started the podcast, we said we were going to talk about music, hunting, fishing, or whatever came came to mind. I told you, dude, I talk about anything. It don't matter <laughs> to me. We're just kind of catching up now at this
0: point. Yeah, 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 and yeah. That's that's what I was going to say, man. As far as uh, as far as being able to keep up with you. Um, I love to see what you and Cassie are doing with the kids, man. And like, y'all y'all are just like truly, I would say just capturing that, uh, like, like you just said, man, take a kid fishing or take a kid, fi- take a kid hunting. And I, I love seeing y'all getting outdoors there and like, just, uh, it's, it's good to see, uh, Tucker, you know, I had the opportunity of coaching and getting to know Tucker a little bit and he's a, he's a great guy. And, uh, how is he doing yeah, you, in baseball, uh, a great-
2: man? He's, uh, a- He's uh, he's almost as tall as I am now. He's starting middle school this year, which kind of bothers me a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's that's a weird age for kids, man. That's a, that's a that's a tough age group for kids when they start hitting you know the early teen years. But man, he's doing great. You know, everybody's doing great. Like I said, we're we're trying to trying to enjoy the outdoors and play a little music and just do whatever we can to enjoy life. But, you know, I know we're, we're we're both young guys, but especially when you start having kids, man, it's amazing how fast life goes by. I mean, it literally blows my mind that we're about to be in August of this year already. You know, it, it's it just blows my mind, man. Another football season here, another hunting season I'm about to be here and you know, it's hot as hell outside like it always is down here in July and August. But you know, it's uh man, we're we're just we're doing good. Like I said, you know, we talked a little bit about fishing and stuff. We've been we've been going to the river, you know, we spent a lot of time out at, at Dolphin Island, salt water, you know, trout fishing and stuff and we actually went the other night. We got a friend down there that's got some underwater lights. And um, I don't know how much, you know, you got, you've got. ever got to fish underwater lights, but, man, they got some underwater lights out there on their, uh, on their dock. And we took the kids in there the other night, man, and we caught some nice red fish. And Addie caught a nice flounder, and we caught, uh, we caught a couple specks, and we caught a bunch of white trout. So it's just right now the fishing is great. You know, we had that storm come through here.
0: Yeah, Barry. last
2: weekend it really didn't come through here as much as it did new orleans but it put a lot of fresh water out the, you know, just dumped the kind of fresh water out out there which obviously doesn't seem like it messed it up too bad because people are weighing in monster fish at the rodeo right now but uh they uh they had to postpone the kids rodeos to this coming weekend so this coming weekend we're going to be geared up and ready to see what we can do man maybe you. we can get maybe we can get a name on the board somewhere down here so we'll see
0: yeah i got you
2: how long
0: have you been doing this podcast it's uh almost a year old now man like uh, in a couple of days it'll be a year old so when this episode drops it'll probably be a year old dang dude that's crazy how long ago did
2: you move back
0: up there it's been right at two years wow see
2: that's what i'm talking about man time flies yeah. Did you, are, are you kind of? Did you tell me one time you were kind of
0: close to Reform, Alabama? Yeah. I'm, uh Yeah. I live ten minutes from Reform.
2: Yeah. I shot. Uh. I went and worked on a pipeline up there for a little while. Ain't a whole lot going on in Reform, Alabama, dude.
0: No, there's not. <laughs> but there is a whole lot going on. Just if you was to take eighty two, just east a little bit, you'd be in Tuscaloosa. There's a lot going on there.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, see, that's a, good, that's a good thing I didn't realize that, and it's a good thing I was working
0: about 15, 16-hour days because I was too tired to do anything when I got off work, but I didn't realize Tuscaloosa was so close to reform. Yeah. Yeah, man, and um, that, that was that was one thing that I was excited about moving back because uh, those, last, those last six months I was down in Mobile, I was fighting so hard to try and stay down there because I had spent, I moved down to Mobile when I was 20. You know, I'd spent my entire adult life down there and, uh, you know, I was making a name for myself and, you know, uh, it, it was, it, it was fun to me cause, uh, you know, there, there ain't no Aldriches down there. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, you know, I was, I was building my own name and like, this, this is what, this is what, this is what I'm going to be about. And it was, it was a cool thing and, um, just from University of Mobile or through Friendship Baptist or uh, whatever kind of affiliation, just being able to be down there and some of the lifelong friendships I made while I was down there. And, I mean, just like what we're doing now. I mean, we met while I was down there, and um, I still try to keep up and try to follow what you're doing and excited about, uh, like when I shot you the text yesterday about being on the show, man, I was excited about you uh being on the show and it was an opportunity not only yeah. to showcase and share a little bit about cam lewis but it's also a little time for me to get what's cam been up to man <laughs>
2: yeah well hey i'm not a i'm not a more eventful guy man or more interesting oh but, no uh, no man it's you're yeah. plenty, I really, plenty. Uh, I, I
0: really have a ton of uh i really do a ton of interesting things man i'm just a a guy who likes to play guitar
2: and we just so happen to be friends and you still happen to have a podcast and that's just how it worked out for me yeah Yeah. I know we talked about it a while back about me being you know it's been a long time you asked me if I'd want to do it and I said yeah but obviously you know we never could get around to it and then when you texted me yesterday I was like you know what I need to talk down anyway it's been too long so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you reached out to me man you know I miss the crap out of you if you ever come back down obviously we're gonna play some music and you know hang out and talk and catch up dude it's gonna i'm I'm, I'm happy for you man i'm I'm glad you're happy where you're at i think it's cool you got this podcast thing
0: going on man yeah man and it's uh it's lended itself to a lot of different things i never thought would happen (laughs) um i got a i recently got a new job in startville and uh i got i got the job vicariously through the podcast and it has nothing really? to do. It has nothing to do with like podcasting at all. Like it's uh, it's a utility company. But I I met the uh, person in HR. It was a mutual friend that I had on the podcast, and he was having a house show. And I had expressed his name is uh, Bo. I had expressed to Bo like uh, where I was working at before. I was losing hours and the shop was getting real slow, and I was concerned about you know I was like, am I gonna have a future? Like, am I? Do I need a new job? And, <laughs> and uh, I I was just expressing a bow. I was like, man, I've got to find something else. I was like, I uh, this is gonna start leading to sleepless nights because I'm I'm literally worried about the future here. I don't I don't think there's a future at where I'm working. And um, he's like, well. I know somebody who is HR in Starkville and he's going to be at the house. He was putting on a house show and this was the coolest thing, man. Like, uh, he opened up his home to his favorite singer songwriter and his favorite singer songwriter come and did a house show at his house and all he did, he didn't, he he didn't advertise it. He only invited friends and family. And so it was just like an intimate night with friends and family and he was showcasing his favorite musician. And it was it was the most beautiful thing, man.
2: Dude, you know that's that's crazy that you that you say that. And before I go into the next story, can you hear my rooster crowing in the background right now?
0: I cannot. I wish I could. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, he's he's literally sitting under my truck right now. He's like thirty yards away, and he won't freaking shut up, man. The roosters are supposed to crow in the morning. For some reason, my rooster crows all day, so. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I'm about to get rid of this sucker. I'm not gonna say. I might. I'm not gonna say what pasta it might have to do because I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to get any nasty grams or nothing like that. But yeah, this just keeps curling, man. It, it's gonna make the podcast a little more interesting. But anyway, <laughs> uh, dude, we um, we're uh, we're thinking about probably hosting a couple house shows here at my house and just having like a dozen or so friends do come over, and I'm gonna make a big. We're gonna you know make a big pot of gumbo. Or we're gonna do something, and uh. To sit down and listen to music for a little while because that's
0: that's uh that's my kind of music show right there. You know yeah. what I mean? The, it, that, that sounds like a freaking blast, dude. It was. And like um he introduced me to his HR friend and he said, This is Alan and he has a particular set of skills and I I think you got a job for him in Starville. And you know, he told me that night, he said, Email email me your resume and I will not make you any promises. I you know, I don't have a magic wand. But he said, I can put your resume in the right hands. And, um, he did. And I mean, it was like the podcast, it, it, it kind of lended itself to me and getting yeah, a job that yeah. to, I I would have never known about the job. I would have, and if I saw the job description, I wouldn't have applied for it, you know, cause it's, yeah, it's, it's the best job I've ever that's had.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah. And, that's awesome. <laughs> and hey. it was wild, man, cause like, um, I work for the city, and so I had to go. This, this is so funny to me. Um, it was about 4 o'clock this past Tuesday. Uh, the general manager where I work, he came to me and he said, By the way, um, I hope you're free after work. I said, Okay, what's going on? He said, You, you need to go to uh, City Hall, and they're having a council board meeting, and you're going to stand before the mayor tonight. And I said, do what? And he said, uh, "I need you to write up a bio, you know, for everybody that's going to be at the meeting, so they can get a better idea of who you are. And also, you're going to meet all, you know, you're going to meet the whole uh, council alderman. You're going to meet the mayor. So just write that up." And I said, "Well, oh, we're going to have to tell them about porch talk." <laughs> yeah. It's it, it. It was uh. it, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so i mean it's that would have never happened and it had no business happening
2: dude i mean take it and run with it though man like, oh I, use yeah it, use it as a platform take, dude, podcasts are like i don't know man podcasts are a cool deal i listen when i say i genuinely listen to them all the time i mean people just you know people are kind of longing to hear something that's not so gosh dang rehearsed all the time you know what i mean Or not not run by these huge businesses where you got advertisements just constantly where you're trying to enjoy. People want to hear real conversations with real normal people like themselves. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, I know I do. And obviously there's other people out there like that because podcasts wouldn't be so great and popular. Yeah, if it and wasn't it, for, it's you for know, people that have the same
0: kind of mindset. And it constantly grows, man. Like, uh, I, I, I love watching these numbers, and it goes to like what you're saying is like when I turn on the radio, you'll hear a podcast. Uh, advertisement and i was like man podcasts are becoming so popular and even even when you get on and search for a podcast man you can literally find a podcast about anything that you would want
2: anything dude yep anything like i said dude there's so many podcasts now about hunting and fishing i listen to podcasts all the time about hunting and fishing i listen to podcasts all the time about music i listen to podcasts all the time about you know, I try not to listen to them as much about politics because, like I said, they'll leave you in just this horrible mood. But, you know, I listen to them about politics. Or, you know, there's just dude, there's podcasts about everything. Or there's just, you know, like the Joe Rogan experience. I listen to it all the time. And I, I mean, the dude literally talks to everybody. From yeah. Chris Stapleton to Sturgill Simpson to the dude that worked at Area 51 back in the 80s. <laughs> which he's the one who basically called Joe Rogan's podcast, this guy's what basically called this shoe storm about people wanting to storm Area 51 now because all this stuff that dude was talking about. I mean, podcasts are, I don't know, man. They're a cool deal, and I love listening to them, man. And I'm glad you got this thing going. I mean, you know, you, you seem like the kind of guy that this is something that really piques your interest, you know. And now you've got this platform, man. Just take it and freaking run with it. Yeah,
0: and on, on top and of that, another thing that has been special about Porch Talk is uh like since i left mobile it's been an avenue for me to vicariously keep in touch with let's say levi or coley or you or you know whoever is that knew me while i was in mobile right. and w- we can't hang out like we did on the regular well porch talk drops episodes every sunday and wednesday and so you can hear from me every sunday and wednesday and, it, and yeah. it's, it's been no, a dude,
2: g- I think i think it's cool man i you know i've listened to you i've kept up with you i think it's a cool freaking name to begin with anyway because it kind of sounds like something if you don't really know what it's about you know you're like oh porch talk this sounds like something that i'd like to listen to while i'm sitting in my car or something that i want to listen to while i'm working
3: mm-hmm. i think
2: you got a cool little niche going on man i really do that I, I think it's cool like i said several times take it and run with it man enjoy it yeah you know? man you never, you never freaking know dude you never
3: know yeah.
2: Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna want to take it farther, you're definitely gonna get more interested guests than me. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, you have to. You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to give you advice on on, on who you need to get on there. But uh, I I,
0: I've, I've got to get, get down there, the there to Mobile, man. I have got to get down there to Mobile because um, I reached out yeah. to Farrell, and um, I thought it would be interesting. Like uh, I, I would love to have Farrell as a guest. I didn't tell him that. But, uh, you know, just a podcaster and a podcaster sitting down. And then on top of that, like, I wanted to sit down with Garrett. And I, I wanted to showcase Garrett. Because I, I think Garrett Howe is phenomenal. And there's uh, there's a couple of other people. Oh, there's a couple of other people that I met while I was down in Mobile that I never really got a chance to really get to know. And, and Garrett would fall in line with that. Like, we just had a ton of mutual friends, and like we would be in the same room. Like, I went to his wedding. And uh, I didn't. I didn't know Garrett. I knew Melinda, you know. Yeah. And so uh, there, there's a lot of people down there, and there there's so many interesting stories. And uh, I, like I, I need like a three week vacation. Like I don't. I don't think like one week. I would. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would just need to be in Mobile for like a few weeks on the end just to just to capture. Yeah. Everything yeah, need, I was we, trying to do. Yeah.
2: We need to set it up, man. Like. You know, obviously, you're the brains behind the whole thing, but we need to set it up, dude. If you ever come down, you know, we'll, uh, we can do it at my house, man. We can set it up, and I'll get, get and, you know, we'll, we'll get the guitars out, man, and we'll, we'll play some songs, and we'll talk, we'll play some songs, and we'll talk, Yeah. and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, ma- we'll make it a thing, dude. That, that would be something that, you know, you know, call me crazy or whatever, but, dude, that, that might be the perfect, that might be the perfect time to do the house show, you know what I mean? That you may know, be. come down, we'll do a little, a little podcast with,
0: there. I mean, I'm telling you, man, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cause I mean, that's kind of the, the similar thing that, uh, like when I met Jamie Nettles for the Sunstroke house and then I asked her, you know, if I could, if I could interview some of the artists as they come through. And that really has been like a great formula is like, uh, you, you come to the house, oh, yeah. we'll have a bite to eat. Let's do a podcast. And, uh, then you're going to play a show and I'm just going to sit back and enjoy and after the show's over we'll shoot the bull and we'll kick the can around a little bit and we'll we'll say good night and it's just yeah. it's a perfect night man No, that that,
2: that's cool. that uh i mean just from you know i'm i, I play music i play some pretty cool shows and, and whatever but i mean from the end that you're on i mean that sounds like even more fun than, than necessarily playing the music in the show but you know you get to you get to kind of know these people and Usually, when you sit there and, and you talk to these people, and a lot of times it's about music, but you know, a lot of times it's conversation about music, especially songwriters. At least back there, you find out a lot about about where they're from, you know, like kind of who they are, and you, and you get to, you get to make friendships. You know, you get to, you, and before you know it, you never know. Dude, you could be, you know, you could be you turn on the TV one day and you see this guy at the, you know, wherever at an award show somewhere, and you can be like, hey, I, I, you know, I've done an interview on a podcast with this guy, you know, ten years ago yeah I, I just I don't know man I, I think I think you gotta I think you
0: found a cool little niche, man I think you need to run with it yeah man and that that was the craziest thing about this podcast idea of porch talk and why it's called that is when I moved back here to Kennedy and I was catching up with the guys I grew up with um the guys I ran with, and we were literally sitting on a porch and just catching up. Just like you and I are now, and their big guitar and then we would exchange songs. Or if they didn't play, I mean, I would play, or whatever the case. And it got off my porch. And Jamie Nettles was kind enough to come on the show. And then um, Sunstroke House. I started going to those house shows, and I've got to tell you about Pony Bradshaw, man. <laughs> I, you have got to look Tony pony, Bradshaw. pony Bradshaw. You have got to look him up. He uh he just yeah, put out I his really he, he just him. put out his first album. It's called Sudden Opera. And um, uh-huh. like once again, I would I'm I don't like comparing. I don't like putting people in genres, but um he uh, I, like before he put his album out, it was my understanding that uh, he was a songwriter's songwriter songwriter. And then when I, I sat down with him, like, I, I got I got to interview uh, Pony and his guitarist, Cody Ray. And um, well, I don't think we spent a whole awful lot of time talking about music for real. We were just kind of shooting, just kind of like what we're talking right now, but... Um, yeah. And then he played his show that night, and, you know, I walked away from the show, and I was like, my God, the guy can write. And he put out this album, it's Sudden Opera, it's got 12 tracks, and it's one of those rare albums, man, to where you put it in and you just don't skip a track. You just listen to the whole thing in its entirety.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, he's he's a. Sp-
2: Dude, one thing I one thing I learned about albums, like, because I, I collect old seventy eight We got a record player in our living room, a lot of times, like, truthfully, like, we don't need, we won't turn the TV on or nothing like that. We'll just take a record and we'll put it in the uh, we'll put it in the record player. And We'll turn it up everybody in the house can hear it you know might be cooking dinner literally might be sitting around doing absolutely nothing just listening but I mean you know nowadays people release EPs there's a lot of artists that's never released a record they release an EP with like three songs on it
0: they'll
3: make
2: money off that EP because people buy songs now Yeah. you know back in the day if you wanted to go hear if you wanted to go hear a radio hit you had to buy the record Yeah. you know and you had a you had a side A and a side B yeah but, Like nowadays, nowadays people can just go buy an individual track. But, dude, dude, some of the greatest songs I've ever heard are on the record. And, you know, if you put in like Jason Iswell's Southeastern record, you know, or like Nashville Sound, like Southeastern, like, oh my God, dude, the whole entire record is amazing. Yeah. You know, it- Tyler Childers has released. You know, Tyler Childers released Purgatory, then he released Bottles and Bibles, and then he's live at Red Barn, and now he's releasing this new record, which I went and seen Tyler Childers live the other day. He's, he's my favorite. I just recently... Eric church for my two favorite of all time.
0: I just recently called I mean, Tyler Childers, have, man, and uh, he he was unreal. <laughs>
2: oh, dude, well, I'll tell you, I started listening to him. Actually, Drew Nix from the Red Clay Strays, I'll give him a shout-out. This has been several years ago. We were playing a show together. It was like an artist night. Down on, there, down, down on Fowl River at this little bar on Foul River and uh, we were just sharing Abraham Partridge was there too and uh, we were sharing songs and you know, we were doing covers and he was like man um, you know whose songs you would sound good singing I was like you know tell me something man I'll take anything I can get he was like you need to look up this guy called Tyler Childers went home to listen to him he is by far there are two artists, if somebody pegged me down right now and said, you can only listen to these two artists for the rest of your life, Eric Church would be one of them, because I've been a little bit of Eric Church since I was 15 years old, and Tyler Childers. So that new single he just released, though, they called All Yourn is amazing. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't say I called Tyler Childers in Mobile, and he was, he's in a better live than what he is. But dude, his purgatory record and Bottles and Bibles, I mean, I have both those. Absolutely freaking amazing. Yeah. You know, from, from song number one to the end. Every song on is good, and people don't even do that anymore. No like I said, dude, they just buy, they go on, you know, go on iTunes. They pay ninety nine cents for that one song, and that's the only song they can, you know, they can uh, peg that artist with just that one song. But you know, back in the day, you know, these artists would release albums, and you, you, when you thought of the artist, you actually thought of the album, not just you know the one song. And uh, I kind of hate it, it's not like that anymore. You know, people still do that, but. Dude, there's a lot of people out there nowadays that's been around for a long time but only release three songs at a time you know you buy those three songs or whatever give them for seven months
0: they release another three songs you know yeah yeah and that's kind of the way it is and just to go back to Jason Isabel just for a second man I was uh, just this part of Alabama like uh I'm an hour and a half away from Florence and uh I'm only yeah. like 50 minutes away from Birmingham. And so those are two fairly big music hubs in Alabama and then had the privilege yeah. of living down in mobile for six years, which is a, for whatever reason, man, like mobile just kind of never gets brought up when you talk about music. But I think that people like Abe Partridge and Ross Newell are going to rectify that. But, uh, Jason Isbell, I was first introduced you know, by the drive-by truckers, and then you know, come to find sure. out that um Jason kind of he hit a real hard line. He hit a hard road. You know, it was you know a lot of alcohol and some drugs.
2: Like literally, literally hit a real hard line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was hitting too many lines at one
0: time. Yeah, and so when he put out that first record of his when he left Drive-By Truckers, was that uh was that Southeastern? I, I don't remember what yeah. album. Oh, I don't know. Dude. I don't remember it's what album South it
2: was. Southeastern South is the record, Is the record I think, where it's just like kind of like his head and it's kind of like a smoky haze on the front. I think that's Southeastern. Yeah. I think Southeastern's the one that, and I'm going to sound like I don't know Jason is when I want to say this, but I think Southeastern's got Elephant on it, uh, which is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but yeah, I think that might have been his first solo record when he, after he left the Drive-By
0: Trafford. Yeah, and so... Uh, It was the bicentennial fest in Tuscaloosa, and it was um, it was celebrating, you know, 200 years in Tuscaloosa being around, and all they did was invite Alabama musicians to come play this music festival, this one-day music festival, and Jason Isbell closed it down, and when he played "Cover Me Up," and you know it's got that line at the end, you know he's talking about. Um, I'm not. I'm not looking back, and I can't remember the direct line, but it's talking about you know that hard line. You know, I don't. I don't do those drugs anymore. No,
2: he said because I sobered up and I
0: quit that stuff forever this time. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's it. And uh, the entire crowd just erupted almost to a point to where the band had to stop playing. And all Jason said, like, he, "Thank you." And I, I think I think it's just that thing. It's like. Uh, you're home here in Alabama, man, and we get it, and we're glad you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> we love your music,
2: right? And, right. Uh, yeah, dude, he's got a performance of Cover Me Up where he plays at uh, Austin City Limit. and um, you know he's singing and Cover Me Up, and whenever he says that, whenever he sings that part, you know people go nuts. Yeah, I mean, the, the dude, I I I don't know. I'm not going to take credit for this line because I can't say 100. If I if I said it or not, if I heard somebody say it. I'm not the world's biggest Bob Dylan fan, so I'm not going to sit here and act like it. You know, I, I didn't listen to Bob Dylan growing up. My parents listened to Merle Haggard and Vern Godson and George Jones and stuff. I mean, I have Merle Haggard lyrics tattooed on my body, so I can't, I, can't, I can't claim to be a Bob Dylan guy. But, you know, obviously, Bob Dylan is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And Jason Isbell is like the Bob Dylan of our generation. Oh, yeah. He writes the most powerful, most powerful lyric, you know, lyrically powerful songs I've ever heard in my entire life. I freaking love Jason Inzible. You, it might get back to him. This podcast, you never know, Alan, because you're gonna be famous one day. But this, pack, this podcast might get to Jason Inzible, and I'm gonna go ahead and give him a fair warning. If I get close enough to the dude, I might kiss him in the mouth. <laughs> so if he ever, if he ever hears that Cam Lewis is around something like that, I, I swear I might kiss that dude square in the mouth.
0: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh. Like, <laughs> When I when I that was the first time I had seen him live in Tuscaloosa, and then turned right around and was able to see him live again, like in the next week. And both of those events were free, and uh, it was unreal, unreal. Because oh, yeah. I I've, I've been I've been following Jason since Drive By Truckers, and like I don't know, it almost feels like I know him personally just because I've kept up with him for so long, and then able to see him live and. Right. Yeah, it was...
2: Man, he's played, dude. You know, which, dude, if anybody just listening to this ever comes to, comes to Mobile or whatever, and you're looking for somewhere to go eat and listen to some music, Callahan's Irish Social Club. I know you've probably heard of Callahan's, but... Oh, you
0: know,
3: yeah.
2: I get, the, I get the chance to play Callahan's all the time. Callahan's is, is by far the coolest place I've ever played, and in my personal opinion, will always be my favorite place to play, but... Dude, Jason Isles played Callahan. The Alabama played Callahan. Um, Justin Towns Earl's played Callahan. Tyler Childers played Callahan. Named John Paul White from the Civil War, he's played Callahan. Uh, Shovels and Ropes played Callahan. I got to open up, the end of last year, I opened up for a lady named Bonnie Bishop, who is a two-time Grammy winner. She uh, wrote a song that Bonnie Raitt sang and won a Grammy with. And her dad is actually Jackie Sherrill, which anybody that knows football, Jackie Sherrill is a world-famous Mississippi State coach. But, um, dude, she sat up there, this lady sat up there and sang. She played her acoustic guitar, and um, she had a guy with her that played steel guitar and uh, lead guitar. And he sat there on a stool with his guitar, and he would pick it for a minute, and then he would, like, just, you know, let go of it. Obviously, it was on a strap. And he would, like, just start playing steel. When we were doing a sound check, I got up there and done my sound check first. Obviously, I'm, I'm starting, you know, they were like, Hey, Cam, you go ahead and do your sound check. So I did my sound check. Whenever I uh, whenever I sit there and listen to this lady do her sound check, that was the most intimidated I've ever been in my entire life. I was like, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to do it for a living. I mean, dude, when she opened her mouth, she was singing uh, Angel from Montgomery. And I was like, that's the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. And I think that they let me sing like five songs. All right? I sang... Actually, I sang four of my songs, and I ended it on uh, singing TVA by Jason Isbell. And, um, you know, I sang that song or whatever. There was 50 people there. They sold 50 tickets. It was super quiet, like, all kind of stuff, man. And and when she got up and sang, dude, I sat there in absolute awe for two hours and listened to this lady sing. Absolutely freaking incredible. But what I was trying to say is, Callahan, Jason Isbell's played Callahan. I mean, like, I don't know, man. He he is. There's a lot of people that seen him at Callahan's years ago that had no idea who they were getting opportunity to sit there because you will never see Jason Isbell at a place like Callahan ever again. No, ever again. I hate to know what that dude probably charges to perform
0: somewhere now. Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, man, it's it's unreal. Going back five years ago or ten years ago, and it's that Callahan's thing. Like with some of these. I I think it's going to be like this for some of the musicians I've I've had on porch talk is man like a couple years ago you were playing these venues and now man, I I would you know I, I I cannot believe how far you've come and how successful you know you've become through your music right right no I agree that you see people
2: playing like Tyler Childers for instance. but the dude was playing locally in Kentucky you know just a couple of years ago now the dude's playing like I think Lollapalooza and Farm Aid yeah. you know playing for 40,000 people now yeah. you know and, and two years ago the dude was nobody even knew you know he was going to play at these restaurants and bars and stuff and people could get in for free and eat you know now he's playing for 40,000 people you know it's funny how life has a way of doing that but <laughs> I, I love college man. I hope he stays I hope he stays true to his roots because he's all about the you know,
0: Appalachia and the, the coal mines and the and and stuff like that. You know, I hope he stays true to his roots because people freaking love his stuff, and I know I do. Yeah, man. Like we do. Uh, I we think do, we do. We haven't. We've only done it once. It's it's going to be a regular staple here as soon as we can get our uh, heads together. But we we've been running this thing. It's called Saving Country Music. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a series that we do here on the show, and it's with a, a buddy and of mine. I'm- uh Kobe Aldridge from FIT. And, um, like, that was one of the main staples of that episode, was, like, bringing up these guys like Tyler Childers, who are not your mainstream country. And it's almost to that point, to like, what we were talking about earlier, is I don't really like putting people in a box, because if I say country, I might turn 90% of people off, because they don't listen to country. That's exactly right. But, like, uh, And then months down the road, we all went to Birmingham, and we got to catch Tyler Childers live. And a buddy of mine, Will Ellis, he has stories, and you'll love this. Uh, I think this was back when he was in high school. I think they were seniors, and this would have been about 2005. And he went and called Eric Church play a parking lot. (laughs) And that that is that is that is one of my favorite stories that Will tells, and uh, Kobe will tell it too because he called Kobe, and they're just music lovers, man, and they, and especially Will, he has a knack for like finding like uh, Eric Church is going to be playing at a parking lot in Birmingham. He just has a way of finding those things out, and they went and called Eric Church play a parking lot, and I was like, you'll never do that again, ever.
2: <laughs> no, no, you, you'll never, that, that'll never happen again, and yeah, that'll, no, <laughs> I mean, Eric Church is still, still like one of the most relevant musicians in country music, and they already have an Eric Church Hall of Fame in Nashville, I mean, how do you, how do, how do you, uh, I mean, how do you, your head's his probably so big, dude, probably can't even walk through a door, you're still, you're still one of the most relevant musicians in the world, and somebody already built the Hall of Fame, yeah. for you, I mean, come on, man. You know, how do you, how, how do you do that? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, Tyler Childers is a man. I hate to, hate to not talk about Eric Church more. I love Eric Church, but Tyler Childers is an absolute freaking man. Everybody down here now listen to Tyler Childers. When he, when he comes to Soul Kitchen, that's the fastest Soul Kitchen's ever sold out a show since
0: they've been open with the Tyler Childers show. <laughs> yeah, man, they're eating it up. It was the same with that, um, that show I caught in Birmingham. Uh, if it wasn't for Will, I wouldn't have got a ticket. Cause like right when that tickets opened up, I mean they were gone, man. It was like two weeks they were gone.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, if 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 he Tyler, had,
2: Tyler, Tyler was the same way. If
0: if he hadn't uh, if he hadn't uh, scooped those tickets up, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> we wouldn't have been going. Yeah. And that's it, awesome. And it's only gonna and get. He was,
2: he was incredible, man. His band was
0: incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, brother, we can wrap up. I've had you. I've had you for an hour now. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, man, it flies. I, I, you realize
2: it's been probably since I was about 15 years old talking to a girl. The last
0: time I talked on the phone for an hour. <laughs> so that's how important you are to me, Think about that, dude. I appreciate that, Cam. Man, I was uh I was excited about having you on. Like when I when I was down there to to think about Mobile and the people I've come across, man. Like uh you were definitely one of the people that left a impression on me. It's, it's good to have I you on, brother.
2: Good, I, I feel the same about you, man. Great deal. I, I really appreciate it. That means a lot. I, I I really appreciate the fact that you uh that you would invite me on this podcast because, like I keep saying, I honestly believe I'm one of the most least interesting people you could possibly meet. You know, I'm only thirty, but my favorite thing to do is drink coffee, <laughs> uh, hunt and fish, uh, play music, and drink more coffee. And I'm, so I'm I'm not I'm not somebody it's really that interesting but man I, it really means a lot for you to let me be a part of this dude I'm, you fully have my support and if there's anything i can do man to help you get some uh some of these local musicians that won't be local musicians for long on your podcast i'll uh not that i'm not that i'm important but um they're good friends of mine dude, and they'll do that just because uh just because they'll i'll tell them you're a guy to get behind and, and and they'll do it so man you know if you need anything from me i'd, I'd love to help you out
0: yes sir i appreciate it cam well, brother, it's been another episode of Porch Talk, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time with me today, Cam. All
2: right, Alan, I appreciate it, dude. Next yep. time you come to Mobile,
0: give me a shout, man. We'll uh, we'll play some music and and eat some fish, so that way we can talk about music answers. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, just uh, I, I guess it was well, it wasn't the last time that uh, I was at your house. I don't even know if you're at the same house anymore.
2: No, I'm not, man. We 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 moved out on a. Uh, some family have about a 450 acre cattle farm and a citrus farm here, where they sell a bunch of citrus and they got a bunch of cows. And we got a little bit of old farmhouse right in the middle of it, dude. And we're absolutely loving life. So, that's uh but we're not too far from where we was at. We're still in Grand Bay, man. I, I can't get away from Grand Bay. I've tried, and for some reason, I still I'm still here. So, <laughs> so um, we're we're still in Grand Bay. So you know, you got my number, man. Anytime you're down here, you know we need to get up.
0: Will do, man, because I'll say this in close. Uh, Like I said, it was either the last time or time before last. We were hanging out at your house. We were just sitting in your living room, and uh, we were passing the guitar back and forth, which is always uh, something that's uh, fun to do. And then you Mm -hmm. you put on this band from Alabama, and at that time were absolutely nobody. But now they... They're definitely somebody, and they played at that Bicentennial Festival with Jason Isbell. Matter of fact, Jason Isbell has uh, one of the brothers from that band playing his band, but St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you introduced yeah, me, went, you I introduced, in a yeah, you introduced me to, uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, and the band of heathens, and, uh. You've been a good music influence, to say the least. Like, every time I get around you, bring it, you bring up somebody I need to be listening to. So uh, it's definitely good to have you here on the show and just to talk music, man. But uh, cool, man. we'll get on out of here, man. I, I I really do appreciate you taking the time, brother. All right, Alan. Hit me up any dude. I miss the crap out of you. Yeah, man. I, I've got to get down there. All
2: right, dude. Take it easy,
0: Alan. Yes, sir. That's a wrap. It's another episode of Porch Talk. Thank y'all so much for listening. And if you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app that you're listening to on, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Google or CastBox, Stitcher, wherever you are. It doesn't matter. Just rate and review the show for me right now. If you haven't taken the time to do so, tell a friend. Put it on your social media. Word of mouth is everything. Now... I was contemplating on playing a cover or I got an original I want to play, but there's no need. Cause I've got so much stinking talent now. This is a song by Pony Bradshaw. It's off of his album The Sudden Opera, which released last month in June. A song called Ten by Ten. I'm getting out of here. Guys, peace out. I'll see you on Sunday.